You know, I heard Skinner say the teachers will crack any minute. Skinner said the teachers will crack any minute. Purple Monkey Dishwasher. Thank you for joining me today, man. Uh, it's my pleasure, Al. Uh, this is great. You've picked one of my favorite episodes, too. And we were just speaking uh, off camera here about how funny this episode actually is going back and watching it. This is Deep Space Homer. What uh, stands out to you most? Well, uh, there's a couple things I like about it. Uh, one of the things I really like is that it's sort of a big circle. Uh, in later episodes, they'll have sort of a very an opening gag after the couch gag, but they'll have an opening little bit that will then be completely unrelated to the rest of the story. Bart will be doing something, and they're like, "Move aside, time for the rest of the story." But this episode it, it starts with Homer in the his workyard, and it's all about uh, the inanimate carbon rod. Yeah. And how it loops all the way back to, not at the very, very end, but right before the, the last gag about an inanimate carbon rod and the Time magazine in Rod We Trust. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's one of the, the good parts. The other one is, it just, it's so full of jokes and it's, it's different types. Some of them are uh, sort of clever misdirect type jokes. There's a few subtle political jokes like when he calls bill clinton and mm -hmm. says if anyone knows where to get some tang it'll be you <laughs> and i mean of course one of the most uh, quotable lines is i for one welcome our new ant overlords which yeah. has been parody. that said probably the bit i like the best is that they have special guests and unlike in in later seasons where they're like oh you're gonna play a character they're like we have buzz aldrin he's gonna play an astronaut we have yeah. james taylor that's just the bit where James Taylor tells them that uh, he's not as laid back as he seems, and they're just going to yeah. float there and listen to his music. And he plays his song, and then the astronauts and the ants and the potato chips are all just just floating in space with sort of stern expressions, like literally everybody just stopped. I, that's probably just the... That and just so many quotable lines. I mentioned one, um, default, two sweetest words in the English language. Yeah. And um, it was Earth. No, you ruined it. <laughs> and um, forget what the other one, but it's just sort of, it's so, like the one criticism, as I was mentioning before, is that there's almost too many jokes for, almost too many jokes for this uh, length of time. It's like if you expanded it another five, 10 minutes, just because the way watching it, it just goes so, so quickly that it's sort of like you almost don't have time to stop laughing before 
uh, you get to the next one. But it's it's just a a very very solid episode uh, throughout. Yeah, I was saying before I I was taking notes because usually before the podcast I'll watch the episode and take notes of my favorite parts of the episode or favorite jokes, whatever. And I was just like I literally ran out of room on the page trying to keep up with the episode like I had to pause the episode and be like because there was jokes going off over and over and I needed to write them down like it's uh I think as a kid growing up I really liked this episode but I didn't realize how funny it actually was until I go back and watch it now um so I just wanted to catch up the listeners this is season five episode 15 deep space homer this is obviously the one where homer becomes an astronaut um it was originally debuted February 25th, 1994, and the guest stars, as already mentioned, Buzz Aldrin and James Taylor, which is hilarious, just two mm-hmm. random people to get. And then, yeah, the James Taylor cameo, where he actually gives them the idea, too, to create the vacuum. What, in, in reference to uh, <laughs> when there was um, ants at his vineyard, Art Garfunkel created a vacuum. <laughs> And then when it goes wrong, James Taylor just just runs away. Yeah, he just this unkempt youngster has a point. <laughs> yeah. well, that was that was just great. The character of the 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 sergeant or whatever his rank was, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Well, that was the line I was thinking of. Said, "Gentlemen, you're both winners, but in a more accurate <laughs> way, Barney Barney is the winner." Yeah. <laughs> It, oh, and and the little parodies that they do of, um, and again, this is where the little subtle humor comes in. The one of uh, Home Improvements, where he runs over Wilson, and says, "Guess I'm going back to jail." Yeah, and yeah. and then the the Married with Children one, which got the tone absolutely perfect. <laughs> yeah. No pig. Yeah, and then totally laugh, and then, and it's just the fact that the the laughter is way too much for the joke. Yeah, but it just flushes the toilet, and it's just like. It's, and again, the fact that uh, this is NASA watching these, and they're just like, I don't get it. And then Homer calls them. Again, it's just so, how did you get this number? Shut up. <laughs> Anyways, go, go on. Another uh, like funny quote from the episode is um, when they're watching Itchy and Scratchy. And then at the end, it's just like, the preceding program contains violence. It shouldn't be viewed by your children. Shouldn't have been viewed yet. Yeah, it shouldn't have been viewed. By no, that's it's and again, it's 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 just sort of very quick, very subtle. Or I like the bit where I didn't write down what she said, but Lisa, when Homer's going through the air, she says sort of like this beautiful poem, and then yeah. sort of, everyone looks at her and she's like, "Go, Dad, go." <laughs> yeah. Even at the beginning, another big uh, gag we missed was when uh, Bart writes on the back of Homer's head. And then he's spinning around and they all just, they slowly stop laughing. They're like, oh no. Oh, it's, that's, that's, <laughs> although I think the, the first, maybe not the very first one is, but when, when uh, Mr. Burns comes out and says, uh, whoever can bring me the head of Colonel Montoya. <laughs> and then this person is aware, gets a shiny new burrow, by which I mean, it's time for employee of the month. Yeah. Because they're talking about how anyone, every employee must win the, employee of the week award at least once regardless of like body odor and such it just oh it's the only thing about that is homer's definitely won the award before in previous episodes i think there was the uh what was the one episode 
Uh, what about the one where he he grows the hair? Wasn't he made like executive? And like uh, I remember, it was uh, always uh, Smithers was employee of the month for yep, all yep. of them you, until Homer. You you are right. Uh, when he got the Demoxinil. Yeah, Demoxinil. That was the one. Yes, and also wait, what about when he saved the plant from the meltdown? I'm pretty sure he got employee of the month or something. Employee of the it's, week. It's yeah. possible that got revoked off, uh, considering he he used the eeny meeny miny mo. What did you just do? Uh, his <laughs> press, Mo. You know what? That's a good point. He probably got that taken away from him. But you're you're right. Uh, so this goes for me from an A double plus to an A one and a half pluses. This Still just reminds me of another Simpsons quote from a later episode where the guy's like, point out your plot holes elsewhere. That <laughs> like, is, I think that's the one where Homer has the crayon in his nose and then he gets it taken out. And he, and he becomes, becomes smart. Yeah, yeah, too smart for his own good. Yeah, there's the Simpsons theory, actually, that they're all geniuses that are just kind of, like, repressed, basically. Um, It's obviously just a fan theory. Yeah, it's just a, a fan theory. But that, you know, Marge is, like, kind of artistic, and then she doesn't follow her gift of being, you know, a painter. She just paints Ringo Starr. And then uh, Homer is smart, apparently, when you take the crayon out. And... Uh, he has his moments like where he, he takes the baptism for uh, Bart. <laughs> yeah. And then he he makes a reference to Thomas Aquinas and Flanders is like, what? And then he's like, S and then he just sort of says something very Homer. It's like, oh. They're always too making references to how they're passing over that, uh, like, like Maggie's gifted. She's always doing stuff in the background of blocks and stuff, like spelling out words, and then they're just ignoring her. For sure. And then Bart says lines like, I am familiar with the works of Pablo Neruda. <laughs> yeah. When he talked to, Lisa talked about him saying the eyes are the windows of the soul. I'm familiar with the works of, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. It's, but I mean, that's part of what makes this show great is that it's sort of dumb, but they'll have these moments where um, they'll, they'll have these moments where they do something that seems incredibly intelligent and they're self-aware enough to get it like uh, in the episode where um homer said that with all the pollution in the air the uh the, has the meteorite that was going to hit them would probably yeah. be no bigger than the size of a chihuahua's head and when that's exactly what happens uh he's like i know i'm scared too so it's it's they 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 play with that and uh, i remember so i remember seeing deep space homer like growing up and thinking like this is maybe one of those uh, episodes that's like far fetched for the fifth season. Like, uh, you'd never see that happen. You'd never see like a, a normal man go into space. And then now, with everything that happens today, with celebrities becoming the most, you know, famous for nothing, and like, I could see it. I could see like a normal person going into space. Well, I mean, you have to have a decent amount of money, but uh, oh, yeah. Like, I think it become maybe it becomes one of the things the Simpsons predicts, like a couple wow. of years from now. <laughs> if you have six hundred shows, then uh, you're going to predict a lot of things. Oh, that's what I always say. I'm like the Simpsons don't predict anything really as much as the future's just predictable. Oh like yeah, that, those are really those are twenty smart writers writing every single show for thirty years. Like they're gonna predict some stuff, or there's gonna be stuff that crosses over. And part of 
part of being a successful show is being able to keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on. Now they weren't as as topical as some shows where they're like, oh, not like Law and Order when it was all uh, ripped from the headline stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's sort of they they know what what's funny, at least in the early first ten seasons or so. They had the idea of what was funny, and so they they'll throw in references that. Again, we're talking to some of the the references here. They go, "Is this something people will get?" And so it's sort of like, yeah. And if you pay attention to what happens, you can do that. And then again, it's just if you say if every, in terms of predictions, if you say every Simpsons episode, well, you could lay out everything it predicts. It'd be like I don't know, thirty things an episode, six hundred episodes. You pay was yeah. that either that eighteen thousand or one hundred eighty thousand predictions here, and say, you know what, if I played. 50 lotto tickets every time they had a lotto draw, there's a decent chance I'd eventually win. So it's just sort of, and, and it's, it's all sort of revisionist and they're like, Oh, well, Scott, you know, Willie did this. And then a Scottish guy did this. So mm-hmm. yeah. And they're like, there's a lot of people in Scotland. Yeah. And they really do reach for things like right now with the Kamala Harris thing. Like, it's just like, it's really first lady or, you know, a woman in that kind of power would wear that kind of suit. Like, it's not that predictable. Or it's not that, like, out there that they predicted that. <laughs> like, for, for sure. She's wearing a purple suit. And how many years ago? 1996? Lisa wore a suit. I think it's just because she mentions the Trump line. Like, we in, inherited a crisis from President Trump or whatever. Yeah. And it's but, something, if, if you, I'm sure they, if you look through a lot of them, the thing that they predict, they would contradict with a different prediction mm-hmm. yeah. and then say, oh, well, eventually you would get a president wearing a pantsuit or not, <laughs> not, not, not quite yet, but uh, halfway there. There are some like cool predictions. And one thing, I, one I really like is the predicting autocorrect is where uh, they type in the beat up Martin and it comes out, beat up Martha. Oh, oh yes, on his uh, his his Newton. Yeah, his Newton. His, his PDA. Yes. Yeah, and that was like a kind of a prediction that would come with autocorrect, which is I think is a funny one. I'm just waiting until we get uh, the Homer's car. From, oh man, uh, that episode with with the two separate bubbles. I, <laughs> I'm surprised. Like someone's had to have made a version of that just to display or something. I, you'd figure there's been enough Batmobiles that yeah. uh, they would. I'm sure someone did it just uh, for for the heck of it. But uh, a- any day now, uh, we're all going to be driving in that playing La Cucaracha on our horns. I, I forgot about that. And yeah, the two separate bubbles and it ruins the whole company. He wanted rack and peanut steering. Rack and peanut steering. Did you mean rack and pinion? Yeah, what I, that's what I said. <laughs> It was well. He he made his money back later on, but that's that's a separate episode. Who knows? Maybe maybe if I get a chance, we can talk about that. Uh, yeah, those were two good episodes. I like the one where he comes back to. Uh, going back to Deep Space Homer, I'm just gonna go over um, some of the references. Obviously, this one's full of them, the cultural references. Um, the title is obviously a reference to Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Um, it's the whole episode is a reference to space movies, space odyssey. Oh yeah. Um, literally, 
literally ends on the space baby. There's the Planet of the Apes reference with the you blew it up. Um, yep. There's him turning into Richard Nixon and also Popeye. For sure. Uh, during the Itchy and Scratchy episode, there is a reference to the alien chest bursting scene. Yep. There's a reference to the Beverly Hillbillies for a quick second. Yes, I completely <laughs> forgot about that one, but yeah. we're, we're uh, we talked about the references to home improvement and uh, married with children. Uh, the President Clinton, which we you, you said off the top, is one of the best lines in the episode. And you can miss it if you don't, you know, listen for it. Oh, as a kid, uh, you're yeah. just like because I. I grew up in the 80s, so I, I knew of Tang. Yeah. But uh, as, as an adult, you're like. And even as a kid, you would miss it just thinking, like, oh, he's talking to the president. Like, obviously, the president would know where to get something. Like, you don't actually even see the reference. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so one mistake they made in other episodes, there's pictures of Homer in outer space like from outer space. It's like, who took that picture? Especially the episode with Frank Grimes. That's the one I'm thinking of. Frank Grimes comes in yes. and he's like, he's like, you've Would you been like in space? He's like, yeah, you haven't. Would you like to see Miami? <laughs> yeah, would you like to see Miami? Or no, his, his Grammy, excuse yeah. me. Oh yeah, my Grammy, yeah. <laughs> he tried to th you tried to throw it away and they're like, hey, don't throw your trash down here. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's one thing too. And there's the, uh, the one scene where... Homer is flung out out of the uh, shuttle and he's hanging on. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it cuts to them watching him like from a different angle, like from yeah. an outside angle. And I'm like, ooh, that was kind of a, a wrong. Now, yeah. obviously, obviously I'm pointing out very minuscule plot holes in a otherwise like perfect cartoon. So for, for sure. And I mean, yeah. that's a certain part of where it's a cartoon. It doesn't. It's not. Doesn't have to make a hundred percent sense. If this was a feature-length film, then yeah, yeah. It's the same with uh, everyone. I always go back to this. Everyone talks about the principal and the popper episode where they change the, uh, where they say that uh, Principal Skinner's Armin Tamsarian. They give him a whole new backstory, basically. Hey, uh, hey. That's basically where people say it started to go downhill and where they kind of lost a step. And I don't really think that, like, I don't think that's that bad of an episode because first of all, it's The Simpsons and it's a cartoon and it doesn't have to have like continuity into the next episode completely. Like The, the, the real uh, Skinner in that episode looks, if I recall correctly, looks a lot like uh, the, the NASA guy in this one. He does actually, <laughs> that's true. But I mean, that's, I think, just a product of there's only, there's a certain style of drawing and, you know, there's a certain style of drawing and you've done enough episodes by that point that's like, yeah, you're going to have people who look. Yeah, that's like the high rank guy in the military. That's how they look. <laughs> like that's, Yeah, for, for sure. Yeah. And yeah, people just think that that was an episode because they pretty much rewrote the backstory of Principal Skinner. But then at the same time, I'm like, I think there was a lot of character development in that episode where like Agnes Skinner starts to like, you know, realize she needs to show him love and he left because no one ever tells him 
that they love him and stuff like that. And same with Edna. And like, I thought it was actually a pretty good episode. And then everyone, yeah, yeah, everyone just talks about like how it ruined the backstories. Like this is a cartoon where remember in Realty Bites, like uh, Kirk Van Houten gets his arm cut off. Like this is, it's a cartoon. <laughs> I think maybe the best example of that I can think is the one where, um, oh, I forget what it's called, but where at the end Homer and Flanders are friends and Lisa's like, or is like, is this the end? of our weekly adventures, I don't know. And then it says, uh, I think it was on NBC at that time. It's like NBC, 6.35 PM the next time. And he's like, shut up Flanders. And they just have a, uh, a sigh. And they'll do things like that to say, look, this is a this is a TV show. It's, you know, how does Homer still have a job after making that many mistakes at, mm -hmm. at the plant? It's just yes. sort of, yeah. And it's, that's one of the Skinner. And I mean, they even put it at the end. They're like, no, uh, where the, the, the judge is like, Oh, she'll never reference Armin Tanzarian again. <laughs> yeah. And then he's, and he says, I'm going to be different. And his mom is like, no. No, you're not. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, okay. There's sort of a subtle nod saying, look, this is, it's not a bottle episode. I mean, but it's sort of like, yeah, this is a show that doesn't have big, huge, long arcs. It's every episode is intended to stand on its own. Wait. Excluding like the two parters, like who shot uh, Mr. Burns, but they'll reference back to other stuff. But it's not something that you're like, okay, uh, intended to be following long character arcs. It's yeah, I never got that, like either that impression either that they were ruining the story by doing that one episode because I actually just kind of thought it was kind of a parody on the fact that they bring in new characters to try and almost like the Pucci episode where they bring in a character and they're like, right. oh, this doesn't work. Done. <laughs> like you hate it when they have characters that come in and then they're like, Hey, Hey Roy. And yeah. he's just there and he disappears or they hate crossovers and the critic. Well, that was a whole thing with Fox. I'm reading books on, on the Simpsons a lot now yeah. that are written by the writers. And uh, like the whole Pucci episode was just like a big fuck you to them basically. Cause they wanted them to add a new character. They were like, well, this is what we'll do. We'll make an episode period parodying what you want us to do. And, and and that that was certainly part of the thing. I think part of what happened to The Simpsons in the long run is that it was subversive. Mm -hmm. It was something I remember my parents wouldn't let me watch it. Uh, like, I think it started when I was in maybe third grade, there, thereabouts. My parents wouldn't let me watch it until I was a little bit older. And it was kind of... But I see the ads for episodes, like the one where Bart got his little camera and he took a picture of his butt. My parents were like, "Why well, didn't approve of that?" When I was a little bit older. I got to watch it. It was still, you know, for a kid, uh, it was kind of subversive. And the problem is, it's now mainstream, and you have shows like South Park and Family Guy, which are more subversive. And I'm sure there's newer ones than that that I'm not uh, thinking of. But sort of like it was the subversive one. And then uh, King of the Hill was sort of the one that went the other way. And it said it's going to be more like it, it took sort of the a much more straightforward. But again, they just have very subtle things going on in that. And that's part of the thing is it's it's it it became mainstream and now it's it's passe. It's just sort of I, I don't, it's just not as good now that and, and they just have many more sort of cameos where a celebrity will 
show up or you'll have a celebrity playing a character and then it's like eh. it just seems more just try, trying to be like look we're having a special event Bono is going to be here for a hot second and you're like, yeah. yeah okay present in this one all the cameos they all they all did something yeah the uh one thing about like the simpsons in the later episodes is they just bring in like you were just saying they just bring in people just basically for publicity like there was like the lady gaga episode people say that's the worst episode of all time i actually think the elon musk episode is worse um and it's before when they would bring in they would always have guest stars the simpsons has always had guest stars but they would bring them in and have them play characters that weren't them you know like specifically one i can think of is like john waters playing like he played the guy named john but he wasn't john waters he was the he owned the uh, yeah. kitsch store whatever that yeah. was and then homer suddenly it's like like he, he didn't know about gay people until yeah he, and he got very confused and uh, like Dustin Hoffman being the substitute teacher. Yeah. Um, Meryl Streep was actually Jessica Lovejoy. Like they had guest stars all the time that did, she didn't come on to play Meryl Streep. You know? We did, we did Danny DeVito before. Oh yeah, Danny DeVito. Or, but even, uh, even as in a case like this where they bring on guest stars, it's like, well, it's, it's not just sort of, oh, here's who's popular right now. I, mm -hmm. I, People would have know would know both James Taylor and uh, Buzz Aldrin, but it's not sort of like oh these people are suddenly in in the news and and all of that. They they bring them in and they're there for a purpose to sit there. And I mean, I'm sure when they found out they could get, maybe they wrote that they just have somebody perform, and then it turned out they were able to get James Taylor. Yeah. And then after that, but at the same time, they're sort of like, okay, it's not like, oh, we're going to make the episode's not about those two. Mm -hmm. It's still just sort of they play a role and they're like, oh, we can have an actual astronaut. So we'll, we'll write in when Buzz Aldrin says, I was second man on the moon. Second comes right after first. And everyone's just <laughs> quiet. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And then James Taylor. And again, it's, it's James Taylor's perfect because he, again, he's, he's very laid back adult contemporary. And says, I'm not as laid back as I seem. And then yeah. everyone is just quiet and listens. It's, but yeah, it's, it's all seemed very, very uh, deliberate and on purpose why they get these cameos. Whereas with some of the newer ones, they're just sort of like, it's a cameo for the sake of having a cameo. And you're like, oh, hey, Paris Hilton is in this because yeah. she's Paris Hilton. Yeah. Remember Paris Hilton? <laughs> That's. That's the joke. <laughs> yeah, before they were a lot smarter, like they would, and they would only bring him in for a quick second. Like I'm thinking of, you know, Aerosmith in the Flaming Moe's episode, or like uh, the Chili Peppers in that one episode. You change the line to uh, <laughs> yeah. hugging and kissing, and they're like, yeah. oh, that's but, okay. Cause they just said, no, we're not gonna sell out for anyone. And they're oh. like, actually, that that's much better. <laughs> yeah. for, for sure. And again, I imagine it's probably something where they were like, we're going to have a band in here. We're going to try and get the biggest name we can. And then yeah. when it was Aerosmith, they just bit a, a bit of writing to to make it consistent with it. Hello, St. Louis, <laughs> Springfield, whatever. With the uh, James Taylor thing, apparently, like reading up on it, they, 
they just had people all the time, like celebrities wanting to be on the show. So they would reach out all the time and then they would just kind of write them into a, into a random spot. And I'm thinking maybe that's what happened with James Taylor in this episode. I could see that where I could see them going to the writer's room and saying, you know, we got, uh, I imagine they have a number of scripts sort of on, on the go. Mm-hmm. And that they sit there and they're like, you know, James Taylor wants to do this. And they have a, and they're like, oh, okay, we can put, put one in. And it wouldn't surprise me if, uh, and I don't know whether it's the same if Buzz Aldrin expressed an interest and they're like, well, let's have Homer go to space. Yeah. And so they're like, we'll write an episode about Homer going to space. And then they're like, is there anyone else we can? And they're like, oh, James Taylor. And I go, here's a, here's a funny way to put him in because sweet dreams and flying machines laying yeah. pieces on the ground. Uh, <laughs> and then he, he doesn't, he just <laughs> repeats the verse again. Yeah. Dreams and flying machines <laughs> flying safely through the air. Yeah. It is, uh, no, I think with the writing process like that, like we were just talking about, they'll bring in James Taylor because he like they're like this will be a perfect part for him. And then sometimes I think they'll write a whole episode around a guest. Like uh, I know that when they wrote the Larry Burns episode, like they knew they had Rodney Dangerfield, so they wow. were like, let's write yeah. this character like Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, oh, that, of course. That's that's another classic uh episode and again i don't get no regard no yeah, regard at all yeah. <laughs> it's just and just at the very end it's like where's all this alcohol coming from i don't know it's a party <laughs> like yes. all the, the lays and the drinks okay it's the party which, yeah. which, is that, which is playing off of uh caddyshack yeah that's what i mean it, it's a party oh but when i go when I go back and I watch all these um, episodes, like I had no idea all of the references to films, you know, because obviously I, I was born in 1991. So when I saw these probably like eight for the first time, and I obviously had not seen Caddyshack and I had, I didn't even know who Rodney Dangerfield was probably, you know? So you really do watching it as like an adult or going back, like get a different respect for the writing of the Simpsons. Like, Oh, for for sure, it was it was incredibly clever, but and they managed to put this cleverness into you know what is a bunch of Lisa aside, the characters don't seem to be terribly in, intelligent, and in some cases, like Homer, are, are uh, extremely dumb. Mm-hmm. But that they managed to slip all of this this cleverness in there is just. Uh, fantastic and all these references i mean it's what i didn't realize before i I remember looking into the simpsons before was that most of the writers for a lot of tv shows are all people who graduate from like columbia and uh, princeton and and harvard i was quite quite surprised i'd always assumed that they were just uh stand-ups or uh, (laughs) other comics but they're like oh no they get people with rather uh fancy degree i think that still happens a bit but I know most of the staff, if not all of them on The Simpsons, have like an amazing degree in, in create like in other things besides writing. Like, yeah. Including Conan. Yeah. Oh, he was I mean, they they talk him up like he's a god. And I mean he his writing was amazing. Like everything he did. The monorail episode, I think, probably is one of the best written of all time. It it is an, an excellent uh, 
episode. And again, also has all sorts, another episode with a ton of great references. And apparently he came in the first day and had that episode ready for them. Like no one else helped him really with the idea or he's just like, oh, it's my first day at the Simpsons. Here's the monorail. Like it, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was destined for, for great things and he accomplished most of them. Well, that's what, like you were saying, you, uh, you thought most of writer's rooms would be stand-ups. You know, I, I, pretty much thought that too like I thought everybody was uh who was a writer was trying to either become maybe an actor as well or get into the business somehow but uh, with stand-up comedy like I don't I especially now more than ever I don't think stand-up comedy is an end-all be-all for like there's no one makes it as a stand-up comedian and that's it it is uh it is difficult. You think of most of the, the top stand-ups and they, they all do something else. Whether, yeah, whether it's a movie, a podcast, yeah. uh, a TV show, um, and just maybe just doing some sponsorship stuff. Like it's never just stand-up comedy. And I've, all, I've always wanted to get into a writer's room. It would, it would be, even if I wasn't in, it would be cool to just be able to watch a, a writer room. It doesn't even have to be uh, with someone like Jesselnick and, and Jimmy Fallon, where if you look at their, their respective comedy, you're like, well, there seems to be a mismatch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but even, even just a regular writer's room or, or an, an, an SNL or something like that, where you're like, I want to see them pitch jokes and how the, the host or whomever uh, handles all that that would be just an experience to to watch even if i didn't get to participate in it all right well thanks a lot for joining me man we've been talking for over a half hour so be a good episode uh, i look forward to uh listening to it uh, you're a funny man al and uh i love uh, geeking out on the simpsons Thank you for listening to another episode of Purple Monkey Dishwasher. Don't forget to follow the Facebook group and post your favorite Simpsons memes. Follow me, Al Badcock, at 83 Comedy on all social media platforms. And follow Comedy Here Often and all of the other podcasts on the network. Thank you very much for listening.